So my name's Camille. I'm the Director of Health and Wellness with Student Government. Um, and today we have Shaq here to talk with us and they're gonna introduce themselves. Yeah, so I'm Katie. I'm the Chair of the Student Health Advisory Council and I also work as a peer health educator at University Health Service. And my name is Troy. I'm the other chair of the council. And just like Katie, I also work at UHS. Very cool. So working at UHS, what exactly do you do there? Yeah, so we hold office hours um, at the PAWS office, which is promoting and achieving wellness for all students. Um, so we work on the first floor of UHS. We hold office hours throughout the week. And typically we're doing things like um, filling the bathroom stalls with condoms and you know, getting together wellness supplies for students, um, helping promote like the GYT um, testing clinics and the flu clinics and things like that. So we're just around to help out. Um, we cool. do some of our shack catching up during our office hours as well. Um, so we're kind of versatile. <laughs> very cool. Um, and you both do the same thing there at UHS? Cool. Yep. Okay. I didn't realize that you all were considered um, like employees of UHS. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, is that a paid position or mostly volunteer-based? It is paid, which mm -hmm. I didn't know when yeah. I became, like, the chair this year. I thought it was just volunteer stuff, so it Me was too. a little bit of a good surprise. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that SGA was paid either. Um, I didn't know that either until just now. Yeah, the <laughs> at least the directors and assistant directors are, because um, I did my interview, and then they were like, okay, so just so you know, this is how much you get paid. You need to go to, like... Scoville Hall, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how we were, and I think they maybe didn't tell us about that at, like up front for a reason, for because sure, they yeah. wanted you to mm -hmm. kind of do it for the yeah, for so like being the right reasons. About it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, you're right. It is a good surprise. Um, so, how did you all hear about it in the first place? I heard about Shaq from my freshman year advisor, so I was an exploratory health sciences major, and I was looking for different ways to get involved, um, different health organizations, health-related organizations to get involved with, and my um, freshman year advisor mentioned the Student Health Advisory Council, um, that people had gotten volunteer hours working in the flu shot clinics that way, um, and that there was a lot of like advocacy experience involved with negotiating the health fee and things like that, so... That's how I learned about it. Awesome. I found out about it freshman year. Um, it was during K-Week when you're like, you know how all the campus like orgs are just setting up around campus, like different tables here and there. Um, I had run into the table outside and one of the girls who used to be the chair actually went to my high school. And so I knew her from that. And um, that's kind of how I got started with it. Cool. That's very cool. Um, personally, I ran into um, SGA kind of like randomly. I'm a senior and I had no prior experience in it. Um, it had just been like dropped in a group chat and they were like, hey, apply if you're interested. And so I did, which was really out of character for me because I haven't really been involved on campus um, all of college. So I wanted to get involved and I did and I absolutely love it. Like I wouldn't take it back. Awesome. Yeah. So you all have been in it for four years now, almost four years. Well, I ended up joining my sophomore year because by the okay. time that I'd heard about it and applied, applications were closed. Okay. So Troy's been in it for four years. Yeah. I've been in it for three. Okay, cool. So how does the application process work? 
Um, we have a form on BBN Involved that is like a supplemental application. Like you can't just click to join on BBN Involved. Um, but it just asks you some basic questions like what health topics you're interested in promoting around campus, um, what past experience you might have to like lend to your membership on the council. Um, and then we do an interview after we like look over their answers to those questions and their resume. And normally like that's all fine. Like, you know, we're not too worried about any of that stuff. Um, but then in the interview, we just ask follow up questions. And that's when we decide, you know, if they're accepted or, you know, we'll ask them to like reapply maybe in the future. Awesome. Very cool. So how many members do you have right now? Currently, we have about 14 members. Okay. Um, so we are going to have a lot of people graduating in the end of the spring semester. So we're looking to recruit some more. We're looking for freshmen, sophomores. I mean, anyone's welcome to join, even grad students. We take grad students as oh, well. Oh, cool. I didn't um, know that. So, yeah, so anyone's welcome to join. Any major is welcome to join, not just specifically health majors. We've had political science majors. Um, Pre-law. Pre-law. We've had everything. Yeah. So if you're interested in advocating for other students, then this is the club for you. Yeah, for sure. And there, I definitely think that um, student health on campus has kind of been a hot topic. Um, do you guys get approached with things like that very often? Like, what are the main things that you're hearing from students? So a lot of the feedback that we get, I feel like, is more based around university health service, just because that's the, we're kind of the liaison between the student body and administration at university health service. So that's where students will go for their primary care appointments typically. So when you wake up one morning and you've got like a stuffy nose and a sore throat and stuff, like you're gonna call UHS. So typically we hear like things that students like at UHS, um, providers that they've had good experiences with or negative experiences with, um, yep. things that, uh, yeah, we get a healthy dose of both. And um, just things that they think that we could do better. Um, I think the GYT clinics are really popular just because we offer a Target gift card to the first few people that come. So uh, a lot of people show up to those as well. And um, yeah, they appreciate that. And they appreciate, we do stay well bags during, um, I guess it's like the first couple of months of each, or the first couple of weeks of each month. Mm -hmm. We do a subscription bag service where you can sign up, it's free. It's a subscription, but it's free. And you just like sign up on the website and you can come by and get a bag full of like health supplies, resources, there's tissues, there's condoms, there's usually snacks, um, there's information about how, you know, different things going on at UHS, different services we provide, so those are things that we hear about too. That's very cool. I didn't know about that subscription program. That's on like the Student Health Advisory Council website? So that'll be on the UHS website. UHS yep. website, okay. It's are like you... the monthly wellness bag. If you search for okay. it on there, you can find like filling out the like email where you just type yours in and subscribe I guess okay cool awesome that's very cool what are you currently working on with your org and student health advisory council well each month we have like a big initiative um, so this month's is um, substance abuse um, where we had a guest speaker come in from the harm reduction office. Um, her name was Chelsea Reed, um, and she did a Narcan training with us. And we had um, the ambassadors from Tobacco Free Take Action 
um, and they talk to us too about what they do on campus um, because that, again, is substance abuse, using tobacco. Um, so that's our monthly initiative for this month of November. And then we planned out our initiatives in the spring. So like February, we're doing sexual health and like healthy relationships, you know, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, March is... Intuitive tr- eating and body positivity. Yep. yep. Body positivity, intuitive eating. And then April, we're focusing on behavioral health. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I think just behavioral. Yep. So, yeah, each month we have like a big initiative that we try to focus on. Um, but every month we're kind of under the table, not really under the table, but we have this feedback survey that we're trying to push to get people's input about UHS and like their experience, why they haven't been before, why they keep going back. Um, And we're trying to get the ball rolling on that again, but it's not going as well as we would hope. Yeah, once we get, once we start doing more like in-person things, uh, we're planning some events for in the spring, hopefully. Um, So we'll start pushing those. I remember we went to the spring break bash last last year, and we were able to do that in person, and we pushed out the survey really heavily. Um, We handed out, I think, T-shirts to everyone who completed the survey, and we got, like, 300 responses, and that was awesome. So we're hoping to do that again this semester or this coming semester and uh, really get a lot of feedback from that. Yeah, for sure. Is that, like, do you send that out at a specific time of the year, or how do you usually aim to send that out? Well, we just now put it back kind of in circulation. We made some edits to it because it was very similar to um, a survey that UK Healthcare sends out. So uh, after you do your visit, you may or may not get a survey from UK Healthcare about your experience and just if you felt like your provider spent enough time with you and if you feel like they explained things well. Um, So we had similar questions in our survey so we ended up taking those out to kind of shorten it down because it was it was a lot of questions, and I think that turned a lot of people off from taking it. Um, but now our survey is geared more toward, a lot toward people who haven't been to UHS before oh, okay. and why they haven't and what they've heard about it and things like that. And so uh, it's back out now. It's kind of just flexible. It doesn't really come in and out at any particular time, but it's, you know, it's active right now. The link is active. So... At the end of every semester, we give that any kind of feedback that we get to um, administrators at UHS, so they can see that Very and cool. know where the need is and know what they need to do to like meet students where they are. Awesome! I really like that. Yeah, um, and I can help promote that as well um, through SGA um, social media and stuff. So that would be awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. just make sure you um, just email me the link. Okay. Um, cool. So. Um, what are some examples of how you've advocated for students or maybe some accomplishments that you all have had? Um, it doesn't have to be recent. It could just be in um, Student Health Advisory Council history. Um, well, I think the 300 responses on this survey was a big accomplishment. Yeah. Um, just hearing from students is the most important part of the council. Um, so if things are going well, usually you don't hear – you don't really hear the good feedback um, – so we, we tend to take the negative feedback and try to make that encouraging and, you know, give constructive criticism to the administrators. But I think one thing that we've done this semester as well is making connections, making better connections with the administrators because mm-hmm. a lot of them don't know about SHAC, honestly, oh, okay. in, in University Health Services. I think the Health Education Department knows pretty well who we are, but a lot of the providers don't really know about us. Okay. 
Um, so we've kind of tried to make more connections with administrators in the building and kind of make that connection to where we get feedback from them, but they also get the feedback from us. For sure. Um, we've kind of tried to set up standing meetings with certain administrators yep. to, you know, update them about what we're working on and get their updates on what we need, you know, what where they see need in the student population. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a big accomplishment for us. Yeah. Two things that we were working on that COVID has kind of put a halt on is um, in UHS, there's some signage and it says like women's care on it. And we're trying to get it changed to GYN care. Um, so it's a okay. little bit more inclusive, but COVID's kind of put the ax in that project. And then we were working on getting a sick and well section at UHS. So, you know, when you go for an appointment, you're not sitting next to someone who has the flu while you're going in for like yeah, your true. yearly checkup. So, um, but COVID has kind of impacted those two projects a little bit because they got pushed down the priority list. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I've actually thought that before when I've gone to an appointment, like I'll be sitting next to someone who obviously has like bronchitis and <laughs> I'm just there to do a checkup or something. So I'm like, oh, Okay. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, people usually go when they're sick. Yeah. Um, but there's also a bunch of other things that you could go for, especially yeah. things that aren't contagious. So, yeah. Like, I go in for compliance things. So, like, I'll get a TB test or I'll have to go get a titer of some sort. And I'll be sitting by someone who's, like, going to get tested for the flu. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Not that, really I idea. mean, not that I want to make anyone feel bad for having the flu or being there because they're sick. But uh, we did bring that up, I think, last year or it was like right before COVID started and I remember the administrators being like yeah that's a great idea like we'll do that yeah and then COVID hit and it was just madness so I really don't blame them for not being able to kind of get on that yet but we are gonna start working on that start discussing that again soon yeah for sure and I mean I feel like that's something that makes a pretty positive impact but really shouldn't take too many resources or time (laughs) I mean there's plenty of space up there um, so cool. That's awesome. So you would say that you come up with a lot of initiatives based off of feedback then. Right. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of it is from our members. Um, so they hear things from other students and they bring it to the meeting and they tell us, you know, what, yeah. what we need to pass on to the administrators. Um, but we want to also have the direct link to students. So that's why we're kind of implementing the survey as well. Very cool. So would you say your members their main priority is gathering student feedback from their community. I would say so, and being that they're also students themselves, um, just seeing what kind of ideas they have for acting on that feedback. Um, But definitely, I think being the voice for the student body is an important job, probably the the most important job Mm -hmm. of being a SHAC member. Very cool. Yeah, so who would you recommend um, becomes a member of SHAC? Honestly, anyone. Um, Like we said before, um, we've had a whole bunch of majors, like pre-law, anyone related to healthcare. You don't have to be a healthcare major to be in SHAC. You just have to be interested in student health around campus, which I think applies to all of us because, you know, we're all trying to be healthy. Um, But really anyone who wants to kind of advocate for their fellow peers and help make some health changes around campus or get that feedback from other students. 
For sure. Would you say that um, this is something that's looked at as leadership or maybe just stepping up to the plate and becoming more involved? Or would you say this is something that's more considered um, maybe as a social activity? I think it could be both, but I do think it's really good leadership experience, and there's definitely room for growth. Um, and you can make Shack like you can you get out of it what you put into it when you're a member of Shack. So um, if you want to come and do like ten hours of volunteer work a semester, you're more than welcome to do that. But we only require that you do three hours and come to the monthly meetings, which are like two hours once a month, um, and then. So yeah, you can do as much volunteer work as you want to, or you can just get in those three hours and be done if you have a pretty busy semester. Um, but then there's also officer positions that you can apply for. We just added a new officer position for a marketing chair. Um, so our marketing chair, MJ, has done an awesome job in that role so far. Um, so there's definitely room for people to grow if they are looking for that leadership experience, but just Having a voice and being a part, being a member of Shack in and of itself, I think is a great experience. But you can also meet people that are in your major or in other majors on other pre-professional tracks. Um, I know I met. I mean, obviously, I met Troy through this. So, <laughs> um, and then our our old chair Emma Rotkiss, I still talk to her. Um, she's in nursing now. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to meet people as well and meet people that are interested in the same things as you are passionate about the same things as you are. So I would say both, healthy dose of both. Very cool, that's nice. Um, so another thing to kind of branch off of how um, you've been working with UHS, um, have you all been able to tie yourselves into the counseling center very much or is that something that's still being developed? I know that they're pretty um, busy most of the time so and that they're trying their best, but have you heard any feedback about that? So where we work at UHS, more of our um, contact is with the Behavioral Health Center at okay. University Health Service. So we don't really have as much connection with the Counseling Center as we do with the Behavioral Health Center. That makes sense. Um, and we have heard a lot of feedback about that. So um, we work more with them than we really do the Counseling Center. But we have tried to collaborate with um, the Counseling Center a few times this semester. Well, like you said, they are pretty busy. Um, yeah. But we did actually make a contact just yesterday that works at the behavior or at the counseling center. So we're hoping to maybe plan some events with them in the spring. Very cool. Yeah, I just got in touch with them as well. It took a while, right? Um, but some things are happening. Have you all talked with um, Corinne at all? The name doesn't so. sound familiar. Corinne Williams. Um, she's in student success, that kind of stuff. It would be really cool to talk to. They have a lot of cool things that they're working on, and it's, like, all admin-based. So we're all student-based, and they're all admin-based. So they go through and kind of, like, do what they think should happen, but they would love to hear more student feedback. Um, I'm pretty much, like, the only one that's giving them feedback so far. Yeah. So our shack advisor is Megan Wolf, and she's a health education coach, um, at UHS, and she's the one that does like most of the communication with other campus organizations, um, except for like stuff like this. But other like staff and you know paid administrators, she does most of the communication with. Um, so she may have heard from those people, but we haven't really heard from anyone directly. Cool. Yeah, I definitely just think um, 
it gives you a cool sense of perspective talking with an admin, um, especially outside of the UHS world. I know that's your all's world, but um, I do think it all comes together at some points, and it can definitely help to gain some of that perspective to see where um, maybe UHS could take ideas from, et cetera. But they're all really awesome, and it's honestly just really cool to talk to them. Um, they're very experienced. Yeah. Uh, I actually think Corinne went to, like, Harvard or something. Oh, my gosh. She's, like, very prestigious. Like, But she's, like, the most down-to-earth person. Yeah. So, yeah. That was just off topic. Just thought I'd mention <laughs> it. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So, this is also kind of off topic. So, um, we don't have to add it on in if you don't want to. But I was just curious. So, lately with the... Um, news regarding like alcohol safety is that something that uhs has been looking into or is that mainly um do you think just a broad campus thing so we don't really do as much with alcohol education okay uh, where we work that's more under the umbrella of campus wellness and recreation okay they do a lot of that um but i do think that it's something that we can work on as an entire campus and especially with our initiative of substance use this semester or this month um i think that it's really important to focus on that as well and our actually our last monthly meeting we went to the crc learning bar which is in the boone center i highly recommend and it was this kind of informational program where they go through you sit at a bar and they bring you out these different glasses and it's not real alcohol, but you pour how much you think one shot is, like one one drink, one shot is considered, and how much you think one glass of beer is and one cup like one glass of wine, and then they show you how much it actually is. And it's just a really fun, like interactive experience. And the people who do it are really funny and they're really entertaining. So yeah. it's a good time and I would really recommend that to any organization. I you know. think super helpful for like Greek life, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that, you know, it's just them who's drinking a lot of alcohol, but that's where you hear like a lot of the alcohol related big for news sure. on campus. And it was cool because they have like different topics that they break down there. Um, so they talk about like how alcohol affects like your academics or your sleep or like your financial situation. Um, which I think would be good for any student on a college campus when, you know, they have access to different alcoholic beverages that, you know, they've never had before with mom or dad at home. Um, so I think a good resource for everyone to go to, regardless of what org or what member, what organization you're a part of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know UHS has a bunch, like in their questionnaires and their like patient history and stuff. Um, they ask about alcohol use, substance use, stuff like that. Um, do you all ever hear anything about that data regarding, like, um, how many students maybe might have an alcohol problem? Not an alcohol problem, but um, might be um, not as educated on alcohol and its effects, do you think? We don't really get any of that information okay. just because, it, I guess, it's patient, it's sensitive True. patient information, yeah. um, and we don't really get much of that um but we we deal more with like the patient feedback um okay so no we haven't heard much about that but um we are hoping that well like I said campus recreation and wellness does more like the alcohol education stuff yeah we do more like tobacco cessation sexual health education um 
And one thing that I actually wanted to add, I know that Greek life does alcohol EDU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the learning bar and like interactive programs like that are probably more entertaining and probably more helpful. Um, so if I had to suggest something, I would say more hands-on experiences like that would be more effective maybe in yeah. getting across to students that have just come into that world and come into that power where they have access to alcohol, which for is sure. kind of off topic off of your question. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I'm just interested in it because it's a big topic for what I'm working on right now. Um, because after um, what happened, we really pushed our alcohol safety measures all the way up to the top. So um, we're having a meeting with Dr. Turner and Corinne Williams and Dean of Students and all that to have a big talk about um, basically the student opinion and the student voice on that sort of thing. Um, Y'all are happy, feel free to join. It is in person, but I can take notes um, if you can't. Mm -hmm. It's tomorrow at 1210. (laughs) Um, I have class. I know, it's, it's at a rough time, unfortunately, but um, I can see if it can be recorded. I can take notes for you. Yeah. Um, if you have anything that you want said, um, we're mainly coming with the perspective of, as a student, how do we view alcohol safety and do we even see an issue? Um, and really, it's come to light that admin is so, like, they have no idea about a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. there's um, a disconnect. I there's yeah. a big sure. disconnect. I was going to say, this is off topic, but I used to be an RA. Um, oh, okay. And, you know. He's done it all. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Busy man. Um, And that's, like, one of the things that kids get in trouble for a lot is, like, alcohol and drinking in the dorms. Um, But my residents, you know, the ones who got caught with alcohol, you have to go to, like, an alcohol training class. You have to pay a fee. Your parents get contacted eventually if it keeps happening. Um, So I know they hated, like, cannot emphasize enough, they absolutely hated the alcohol training class they went to. So when we went to the learning bar, I was like, this would be such a better, like, experience for those students to, like, go through, I feel like, than to go to, like, the boring alcohol education class. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And another thing that I just thought of was that even though we don't do specifically alcohol education at UHS, we do offer like stress management, time management, healthy lifestyle coaching. Um, So things like that, that might lead to alcohol use or abuse, um, kind of stopping that, getting to the root of the problem, um, I think would, is where we can help is our area of expertise. For sure. So more preventative. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And proactive versus reactive. Okay, cool. Um, So let's see. So going off of that, so since you are students and you're representing students um, and bringing forth the issues that you see, um, has being in the council changed the way you perceive campus or students at all as you move forward? I would say yes. Um, Just because... I don't think I ever thought before, like, how many different health-related needs there are on campus. And, like, I mean, there's general categories overall, right? Like, everyone needs something related to maybe sexual health or, like, stress management or whatever it might be. Um, But it really gives you, like, 
a sense of perspective of how diverse the student body needs are um, and how we like are able to allocate the resources that we have to like serve all of those different needs, which can be hard sometimes because, you know, there's so many needs. We only have so many resources, so it's kind of hard to fit everything into one box, I guess. Um, but it definitely gives you like a very awing perspective of just how different people are and like what they need, what best serves them. Yeah, I'm sure you got some of that from uh, being an RA as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is um, kind of seeing how grateful students are to have the resources. Um, so a lot of people may not have that, that kind of access to health care at home or to health education at home. And a lot of people don't like they come to college and they don't know uh, like how to live a healthy lifestyle. And they don't know how to have safe sex and they don't know like how to manage their time healthily. So um, people come in and when they learn things like that, it's, it feels really rewarding to see that they, you know, have learned and they have they know what resources we have that they can take advantage of. That's For probably sure. the biggest thing that I've learned. Yeah. Um, I had something off the top of my head. And then every time I hear an Outlook noise lately, it just zaps everything. It's crazy. It's like um, the Pavlov's dog. I was going to say, the psychological I was just thinking that literally. <laughs> I was like, seriously, I'm drooling. <laughs> I couldn't come up with Pavlov. I was like, it's the psych experiment. I was like, Schrodinger, no, Pavlov, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <clears throat> oh, I remember. So, uh, like you said about resources and how you see um, the effect it has on students and just the availability, how much that can um, make a student's experience so much better on campus. Um, I was wondering, how do you all view... Um, availability and maybe even knowledge of resources on campus so I, I may be biased just because I'm from like a rural area of Kentucky where health education is not emphasized and there's not a lot of resources um, but I just lost my total train of thought it's what, okay can you say your question again yeah so um, <laughs> if I can remember <laughs> availability um, yeah so what about it though the um since you so you you have all these resources you see how grateful students are for it um how do you how does that how do you view the availability and access of resources that you see amongst students like that they know of it or maybe can actually get it so yeah i come from a place where there's not a lot of resources but i think here we definitely have more than you could even ask for um, so it's just more about knowing what's available to you, I think, um, because students will take advantage of the resources if they know that they're there. Um, so like you said, you didn't know about the monthly wellness bags, subscription bags. Um, did you know about the GYT clinics that we do where we offer no. like the Target gift card? Right. So like those are our most popular things. When people learn about them, they want to take advantage of them and they become like regular subscribers of the wellness bags and regulars to the GYT clinics. Um, but it's just, and you're a senior, like you're an upperclassman and these yeah. have been around since you've been here. Mm -hmm. So like just getting the word out about those resources is, and that's what we try to do as an organization yeah. and as peer health educators. 
Um, but definitely, if you're listening to this, definitely look into the things that UHS provides. You're paying for this in your tuition. Like, this is all your money. Right. Take advantage of it. Um, and just, yeah, find what works for you and what you need, what you want to take advantage of. Um, go on our website and see what appeals to you is my advice. Um, but there's definitely plenty of resources and plenty of um, events and education to be provided. I couldn't agree more. I feel like me and Katie grew up in like the opposite spectrum of yeah. like where we grew up at. Um, but like even where I'm from and where there's like, I feel like a whole bunch of like different health related resources. Um, I think campus, it's all combined into one. Like it's super accessible here. Um, you have everything that you could possibly ask for under like one central area because, you know, campus isn't that big. Um, and I don't think enough students know about like all the different things like Katie said, like there's a free tobacco cessation program. You just have to meet with one of the tobacco specialists. You can set up a plan. You can get like nicotine gum. Um, so they have like tons of different resources that, you know, would cost you more money if you were doing it, um, like out of pocket at home or something. Um, and you're paying for it with your tuition and it's getting, you know, either reduced price or completely free most of the time. So I definitely think that students, I don't want to say that students could be better educated about all our resources, but we need to do a better job of reaching out to more students about all of the different resources we have available for them. Yeah, I mean, they're endless. Like, part of one of the first things I did getting this position was looking into all the resources we have. And it was overwhelming. I mean, especially with just Well Kentucky, like just them. Right. They have like hundreds and they're all amazing. Um, so it's almost impossible <laughs> to know about all of them. But I think you all are doing a great job um, pushing that forth. And I think what you all do on campus is just, it's a necessity. And I, I hope all campuses have it, but I'm sure there's one out there that doesn't. Um, so it's just, it's very cool. Uh, speaking on, um, speaking on sending out resources and letting and updating students, letting them know about things. Um, you all wanted to talk about my chart, correct? So what's going on there? Right. So UK Healthcare switched to a different electronic health record system just over the summer. Um, so since University Health Service is a branch of UK Healthcare, they're also making this switch. And so what that means for students is that we're using a different patient portal. So if you're a returning student, you used Medicat last year to make your appointments on and to view your records and your test results and things. But now we'll be using MyChart. So what you need to do is download the MyChart app if you haven't already and make an account. Um, you will have to call to make your first appointment at University Health Service to get your name and your information kind of in the system. Um, but after that, you should be able to make appointments on the app, directly from the app, and that's where you'll get your doctor's notes. Um, like I said, you'll find your test results and your information on there. Um, and I think, honestly, personally, I think it's a lot more user-friendly than Medicat ever was. So I think it's a nice, it's a needed change. Um, but that's what students need to know immediately is to download my chart. And another thing is that... Um, this new system gives University Health Service the ability to bill ins insurance. I'm going to re-say that. Okay. <laughs> the new system gives students the opportunity 
to bill insurance, so for things that the health fee doesn't cover. So the health fee is what students pay included in their tuition. It's $175, and that covers like all primary care services. Um, that covers like health education services, so anything that you could get out of our office the healthy covers, um, but things that might not be covered include like labs, lab results, um, surgeries, vaccinations, yeah, vaccines, things like that. So if there's anything that the health fee doesn't cover, you it can bill your insurance for it. Um, so that's just the biggest change that students are going to see from this. Um, the health fee still covers all of the same things, most of the things that you'll need to go to UHS for. So it's not a huge change but the biggest thing is downloading my chart and making sure you have that um, so you know where to find all your information yeah for sure I um, downloaded the my chart app over the summer because that's when they did that and all of a sudden my telehealth appointments were through the app right um, but it was super easy to download I mean it downloaded almost instantly and um, Calling to schedule and everything was super easy. I think the hardest thing was just finding the behavioral health unit number um, because it's different than the normal one. Like if I call the uh, student health one, I'm like, oh, I would like to see Dr. Briggs, my psychiatrist. And they're like, okay, I'm going to forward you there. But um, yeah, back to my my chart. Um, I love it. It has everything you could possibly need on it documents you even get to see the little notes your doctor wrote about you which Mm -hmm. I always have to spy on um lab results come in like the same day yeah Yeah. um you get to see even like it'll show you like normal values and where you are in between them like you can read it yourself um and your doctor will put notes on there for you saying what they think about it um and yeah I had to get blood work done and it was going to be fifteen hundred dollars but with insurance it took off like 1450 of that so and it was very easy I didn't have to do anything um so I definitely recommend and from the other side epic in general has just been amazing from the nursing perspective um so I'm really glad they made that switch yeah just as like people in healthcare, um epic has been a system that many other hospitals have been using for a long time and ours was really old the one that we were using and um I remember over the summer, my aunt was, she was between UK Hospital for her cancer treatment and a hospital in Houston, and they were using Epic, and I remember she was like, this is so easy, I don't know why UK, like, none of my records will transfer from any, like, to UK or from UK, and it's so frustrating, and I was like, just hold on, we're going to get Epic, and it's going to be so much easier, but I remember helping her with her MyChart stuff and, like, doing um, telehealth appointments like with the Houston doctors and it was so easy and I was like this is going to be so much better once we get it figured out but it's just kind of ironing out all the wrinkles and stuff yeah for so sure. people you know learn how to use it for sure um so I think it's safe to say that being a part of the student health advisory council is almost like being a part of public health in general so are you all um, interested in continuing your journey with public health and advocation, or what do your future careers look like with this? I feel like Katie should go first because <laughs> she is Miss Doctor in the making over here. Doctor, yeah. doctor. Doctor, doctor. 
I just got accepted to a few different med schools. So oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. One of them's UK, so I'm very heavily leaning toward UK, staying sure. here, because I love it here. But um, yeah, I'm hoping to go back to a rural community to practice, like the one where I'm from. Um, so I think health education and public health are going to be a really big part of my job, just as a rural health provider. Um, and especially because I'm thinking about going into family medicine. So that'll be a huge part of what I do. Um, usually rural physicians are uh, involved with like the Chamber of Commerce and also like different community organizations. So um, getting this public health experience and exposure, I think is gonna be really helpful for me in the future. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, I bet this has just set you up more than you thought it possibly could have, especially since you've been involved since your sophomore year, correct? Right. Very cool. So, that and is so any exciting. underserved population needs like advocates, whether it's like a family member or a provider. So, definitely, if you're interested in working with an underserved population, you need that kind of advocacy knowledge and that experience. For sure. Uh, what town are you from? I'm from London, Kentucky. London, Kentucky. Yes. Okay. When I tell people I'm from London, they're like, England? And I'm like, does this <laughs> accent sound like London, England? <laughs> I That's mean, funny. it could be. Well, maybe to me. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from right outside of Dayton, Ohio. Okay. So kind of the middle of suburbia. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, suburbia. Uh, right. Louisville, Kentucky. Understandable. Yeah. We, uh, my boyfriend and I just picked up a Airedale puppy up in Ohio, and we were in the middle of nowhere, which I didn't really ever consider for Ohio because I'm so used to Kentucky middle of nowhere. Um, but it was beautiful. I mean, there's so many hills, which you just, like, they come out of nowhere. Yeah. Where, yeah. where, where are you guys at? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It, so it was about three hours from Cincinnati. Okay. Up towards Dayton. Ooh, that's probably just an hour past Cincinnati. So... Oh. You guys were probably way farther north. I guess it was farther north. Or maybe... You know what? I think you're right. I remember we must have, like, passed Dayton, and that's why it sounds so familiar. Mm -hmm. But it was a hike. That's cool. Go yeah. Ohio. Have you explored <laughs> that at all? Like, the outskirts? Um, the boonies of Ohio? My yeah. dad really likes to hike. So, we go, like... I mean, once you're out of, like, the big cities in Ohio, you're basically in farmland or, like, yeah. rolling hills. And so a lot of the times we would go out, like, on the weekends to, like, a trail in the middle of nowhere and do, like, that hiking together. But cool. not recently. I haven't been been around the country there recently. Okay. Y'all need to come to London. <laughs> World yeah. Chicken Festival. Oh, love. Oh. That's us. How far is that from here? It's like an hour and 15 minute drive. Oh, not bad. Mm -mm. That's about the same as Louisville. Yeah. Okay. I met mm. a girl who is from Fancy Farm, Kentucky. I've never heard of that. Fancy Farm. Yeah. That's is it like, fancy? That's the only knowledgeable thing you can know about it. Like she's like, that's it. It's just <laughs> called Fancy Farm and then lots of farms. <laughs> right. Well. But I think they have like you know, I'm never going to remember what it was. They have some sort of event there, kind of like the chicken festival. I feel like every random small town has an event like that. Yeah, it's it's funny. <laughs> There's like the Spoonbread Festival in Berea. Oh. Um, 
I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting. There's something in like Danville. There's like the bourbon festival or I don't know. Yeah. Of course. I went to a barbecue festival like two summers ago. Maybe that's what it was. It was, in, it was probably about like close to two hours away from here. Mm. I don't know. We have a really popular sauerkraut festival. Oh, yeah. And see, a I probably, you probably festival. won't find me at that one. <laughs> Is there a large, like, German community, or... Uh, that's a good question. Or it's just... I don't it know. It just hit Renaissance it off there. Right. Festival the Renaissance Festival is, like, super popular near us. Okay. I, have you been? I have not. I, <laughs> that's not really my scene, to, you know, mm -hmm. get on the old Renaissance gear mm -hmm. and eat a turkey leg. Um, yeah. Not, just not for me. <laughs> You That's never know until you go. Yeah, you never know. So, well, my favorite high school teacher went to Renaissance festivals every year. Oh, <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so to close up, let's see. So, um, so we talked about where to go from here. Okay, so as for updates, we talked about my chart. How can students get involved? Um, you said there's like an application. There's a deadline. When do we see that? There's no deadline on our application, oh, okay. which is good thing, bad thing. I don't know how you want to look at it. I think it's a good um, thing. Yeah, applications are rolling because that's what kept me from joining earlier. Exactly, that's was, why I thought that. Yeah, yeah. So like the other, the older leadership, um, they cut it off at a certain point in the semester, but we decided to keep it open, especially since our numbers are getting a little bit lower and we are trying to build up. Yeah. Kind of a you know, younger council. Yeah. Um, we keep the application open all the time, so. Yep, cool. but that's under our BBN Involved page. Um, like I had said before, um, if you type in Student Health Advisory Council, SHAC, whatever you want to type in online, um, you'll click on the Forms tab, and it'll pop up. It'll say, like, Application or something, and okay, that's cool. where you can find all those questions. Okay, and what do you need to apply? Really? You just need to answer all the questions okay um you have to submit your resume okay um it doesn't you know, have to be the world's best resume like we we don't really i feel like our standard isn't you know we're not looking for did you go to the career center and get all this help on your resume like it can be a resume that you typed up on your own five minutes after class um but really just you know good answers to the questions um, but above all, like an interest in promoting and advocating for student health on campus. Um, you have to be interested in some capacity in health, even if that's not your like primary major or minor. Um, we're just looking for students who want to make an impact um, and help out their other peers here on campus. 